So I got a question for you, right? Yeah. Is it wrong to really enjoy pooping sometimes? Absolutely not. It's not all the time. But like every once in a while, they're just like, wow, that was great. There's some days when I really enjoy it. And there's some days like (laughs) after Taco Bell that I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm scared. I'm scared. Welcome to On the Rocks. That's West. This is Adam. How you guys doing? How it is, y'all? Do you guys remember how to do On the Rocks? West, do you remember how to do On the Rocks? Hell no. I I have drank too much already. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're coming on early, like half an hour territory early. So yeah, surprise. <laughs> Uh, my wife's like making dinner trying to get it done just in time for the live show and i'm like we're going on now she's like what what but, <laughs> like, oh, but i've God. worked so hard yeah. <laughs> damn you I've sourced everything it's cooking already it won't be done for 30 minutes uh which just means i'm gonna have a cold dinner whatevs you know, you know? it is, what it is. <laughs> uh dj You'll excuse me if I don't finish the dialogue. Oh, my. <laughs> Good to see you, man. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, Sean, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, Stephanie, what is up? Uh, Aaron, how are you, my dear? Dog, what is Zapponi? Okay, so this is just like an after work get together. We're having a drink. So, what are you drinking? Today, I am drinking some vintage. Vintage. Mm. Duke, Kentucky bourbon. Duke this is straight Duke. from John Wayne's ass. Whoa. I didn't know that's where whiskey came from. You didn't know? No. Oh, man. Like, if you ever watch any of his movies, he looks so uncomfortable in the saddle. That's why. He's <laughs> got <laughs> bourbon up his ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so are there nutty hues to the whiskey? Like, how does... Let's How does see. it help the aging process, I wonder? Mm. Pure Duke. Pure Duke. <laughs> if you're bad. watching Duke Distillers, you can use that for a promo. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. We're, uh, we're good spokespeoples. <laughs> I am drinking out of the one-of-a-kind... Handmade in the indigenous mountains of Colorado. Yes. By under working age individuals and um, lepers. Yeah. That that was that was an amazing thing. What are what are you sipping on today, mm. good sir? Sorry, I only got through half of it. Um, I'm <laughs> sipping on some red wine. It is an old vine Zinfandel. It is mm. playful, but has like a little bit of uh, how do you do around the corner. It's nice. 
So it's it, it's kind of like a uh, tickle your balls with a reach around. It really, it yeah, yeah. Um, if you just add in a little bit of like squeezing, because there's ah, a little bit ah. of like, what the, you know. Got to have the squeeze. Yeah. Got to have the squeeze. A little bit. Yeah. The mug mug. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It is the I mug mug. mug. Uh, okay. So I have topics that I want to talk about, but this is unscripted, free flowing. And so because it's been such a long time since we've seen each other, it was like a few weeks ago now. Um, right. How have you been? How you hold oh, up? Do, doing, doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Spending all my uh, waking hours with uh, with working at home. Oh, yeah. uh, my my wonderful wife is also working at home, and my two uh, hellacious children are, uh, are doing school from home. No, thank God. Oh. Uh, they've just been at home. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say, holy shit. They, they've done the first two weeks of school from home, and, uh, you know, they're uh, starting back on Tuesday. They've done a couple days practice of in-person with social distancing and masking and doing a lot of outside school learning, which I find great for them. They both love nature, getting to see all the animals and uh, hell yeah. raise hell without burning anything down. So, you know. Best case scenario. How, how have you been? You're looking well. I mean, I, I you look younger every time I see you. I'm dying inside. Is <laughs> what's, what's happening? I'm really struggling. I'm struggling with oh. not going to work to work. I'm struggling with staying home and wanting to go to work, but not actually wanting to go to work. Yeah, I'm struggling. But how uh, we we actually just got extended through I think uh, the end of January uh, okay. to to be working at home, which really sucks. Cause I, I do miss the camaraderie in the office. Uh, right. Absence I missed out on family. Yeah. I I've missed dress season. I mean, I'm He's dress season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about this. What is this? Uh, well, my friend, <laughs> there's a little thing in uh, Colorado that, uh, it, I call dress season. It's my own little thing in my head okay. that uh, all, all women during this certain warm time of the year, they uh, they like to wear their skimpy dresses. Ah. And some men, some men like to wear their skimpy shorts. Right. I always think of you when I see skimpy shorts. So um, <laughs> I feel like... You sure you want to go out with that, Adam? They're really <laughs> short. No, they're really comfortable. I like them all. I like them. I'm very confident. I've been Your putting them ball is showing. <laughs> Well, well, I shaved it. Doesn't it look good? No, that's my foreskin. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Mine hangs out. <laughs> I can throw it over my shoulder. <laughs> oh, boy. Extra foreskin, please. And that's what I get. She just, like, rolls and rolls of it. Do you ever get those, like, uh, uh, those like fruit by the foots? And you just start unrolling and it just keeps going? Not since I was a child, but yeah. Totally unrelated. Just a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got you. <laughs> Plum smugglers. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, yes. I'm, uh, I'm doing, a, I'm, I'm surviving. I'm doing what I need to do in order. But w what it means is I'm eating more. I've gained like a lot of weight for me. Um, yep. I am drinking a lot more. I am yes. much shorter in my temper. And unless I can get out like in the wilderness or just take the dog to the park or something like that. Unless I can actually yeah. actively get out of the house, I, I go fucking like, I understand the shining in a whole new way. 
I'm just oh. like, yeah, no, that's a that's a tragic tale about a father stuck in a fucking house with his family. Like, I understand that now. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> it really it's does. uh <laughs> And it's a cruel it, ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they leave the motherfucker freezing outside. That's uh, it's your family. They should take care of you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Bring a blanket. Come on. <laughs> um I I hear you though, man. Like uh it's it, yeah, it's been trying, you know. I've I've had a little up until uh, the first of August, I think, or the first of yeah, first of August. Um, my uh, youngest daughter was in daycare, so you know I was getting out every morning, walking mm-hmm. her to school, and picking her up, and uh, I was doing all the grocery store stuff. And uh, uh, Stephanie's been staying at home, uh, not not getting out much. You know, she's kind of in the higher risk of things, and. Uh, um, so I, you know, she's been kind enough to let me get out. So I, I'm sure she, she's hoping I go to the grocery store more. You know, like she doesn't seem as mad when I you forget stuff. You got pickles. Yeah. <laughs> I forget stuff. She's like, "Are you sure you don't want to get that now?" I think now's a good time, honey. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> while she's sharpening her knife in the kitchen, yeah. she's like, "Okay, all right, I've got it. I got it. Sorry, <laughs> my bad." <laughs> Oh man. So I've I've had this this experience since our uh you know man camp that we all got together on. Yeah. <clears throat> I had a great time. Mm-hmm. It was a little crazy in moments. But since then I've had this kind of shifted perspective of how I fit in with sort of the the organism that is life on this rock, right? So I don't want to get yeah. too heavy or anything, but sure. I've been sure. reflecting a little bit more about how I fit in to things. Um, yeah. Which brings up tons of questions and stuff. I ran across a trailer on Apple TV about a documentary called Fantastic Fungi, I think it's called. Ooh. I want to make sure I said it right. Yeah, Fantastic Fungi. So okay. you can rent it. And so the trailer looked amazing. And so I rented it. It's a documentary about fungus. And, and that's really it. But how we as a species, as a human species, the f- fungus are the closest thing to us um, to intellectual thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we branched off from fungus last before we became sort of truly animal. And so they were talking about how uh, there was the sort of vegetable life, you know, plant life as it is. There's animal life, but fungus are this bridge that sort of exists and has always existed and, and sustains those other two branches of life. Uh-huh. It's it it's it goes into so many different aspects of it, and yes, it talks about psychedelic mushrooms and stuff like that, and how mushrooms are the fruit of fungus, and how fungus communicates through these membranes underneath the earth, and how other plant life tap into that membrane as if it were the internet and share resources back and uh-huh. forth through it as its own like crazy highway. It's insane and i absolutely like just hell fell in hook line and sinker for it it has like a hundred percent certified fresh on Ron tomatoes it is an amazing documentary that sounds great but it forced me to reconsider my relationship of this planet right and it's it's mm-hmm. really weird like it, it puts me in some weird places and it certainly did today have you ever considered like the the deeper life baseline connection that we like how we have to exist in order to die so that 
future animals and plants and you know other entities of life on this planet can even exist like we were a requirement yeah. of that cycle the weird part about this is that we remove ourselves from that cycle willingly by cremating ourselves or by locking ourselves through this formaldehyde filled bass you know skin sack in this airtight coffin under the ground so what is dormant energy that is supposed to be fueling the next years of growth of life is now gone is stolen yeah it's crazy <laughs> like uh, it is that it is me do you ever think about th your place like that um not it not exactly not exactly like that um i mean that is a that, that's really deeper than i have gone you know i have the uh the resignation of course that uh of eventually one day i'm gonna die yeah. and uh i i don't quite you know i think i know what i want to happen once i'm done but in the same time i don't really care right so yeah, you're gonna be done you know, uh, uh, whatever benefits everybody, uh, at, at least most people. I mean, there's certain people who, uh, especially those fuckers that keep stealing my chairs off my front porch, that, you know, hopefully that I can uh, I can get seek some kind of revenge on them. But uh, at, at the same time, I, I don't really uh, I don't really know. That is a, a very interesting thought, though. You know, I, I know of people who have done. Um, more of just a wooden casket, you know, not have their body preserved and have uh, done more of a traditional burial rather than doing the the coffin that has the vault and, and that yeah. whole thing. So it's definitely something I, I've thought about doing myself. I just don't know where I, I would want uh, my my body to decay at yeah. where do i want to give myself to <laughs> right. see it's weird because it's illegal in utah you can't you have really? to be embalmed you you know i mean it's like any type of big industry i mean the funeral industry is massive and they make right. tons of fucking money and so they're going to you know lean on lawmakers to you know enact laws in their favor of course every corporation does it so um it's just got a stranglehold and especially that whole myth of of uh you know being resurrected you know helps spur on this fucking bullshit industry um right which is strange because if you've been embalmed and all of your organs are out of your body you know either donated to science or like thrown in the fucking trash how are you supposed to like what is the rationale you're just gonna be like a fluid sack so much more literally than you are right now like strange right right Oh, it totally is. Totally is. That's the that's the fucking zombie apocalypse, man. And it's just gonna be embalmed flesh bags <laughs> rolling around because there's no skeletal structure. It's already like fucking degraded and shit. It's just like a fucking bouncy ball with like flappy <laughs> arms and legs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I mean, the the one thing you could think about it from is uh, Elon Musk still walks around. I mean, this guy. If anybody's gonna figure out a way to uh, unfreeze walt disney it's gonna be uh right. it's gonna be him he's gonna connect him to his tesla <laughs> <laughs> right from now on you won't have dead people to be living brains in the tesla who are giving you directions and shit did you watch that Neuralink presentation i did i did that okay, so what do you super... think about that i'm curious 
I'm kind of twofold. I, I think uh, the the idea is awesome. I mean, being able to be able to back up your brain and uh, really to have more computing power upstairs. Uh, I mean, it, it would greatly benefit uh, everyone. Of course, then you're going to have uh, certain folks <laughs> that would have access to this, right? People who are, are really bigoted, racist, douchebag assholes, and they're backing their own brains up and whatnot, and so that would live on as well, and, you know, that wouldn't be such a great thing. And then being a, uh, you know, a network security engineer, I always think about the security uh, within this thing. What if you get hacked, you know, and your memories get replaced or, you know, so much shit could go wrong with that. I want to ask you from a, a, a network tech's position, um, because the idea of hacking is like my bread and butter, right? Advertising is me hacking into your subconscious and sure. forcing you to see things the way I want you to see them to sell whatever you know shit product that hires me. So not saying anything bad about any clients, future, past, or present, just saying. Um, and so is that really different, right? So if we're being hacked actively every single day by billboards and uh, YouTube commercials and, uh, you know, every other plethora of, of ad that's out there, digital and physical. Yeah. Yeah. Then would it really be that big of a difference if someone actually like hacked into our brain and made us think or, you know, I, act I in a different way? It's already happening. True, but I, I would argue yes. I mean, the, the billboard, the commercial, those are temporary. Mm -hmm. And so after, you know, that that moment of hacking is over, you have time to think about uh, what you just saw. And, and hopefully people are truly thinking and rationalizing, do they want that product? Do you need that second uh, Big Mac or right. whatever it is, right? Uh, the problem with uh, computer hacking, as we've seen, is usually once people get in, uh, they don't stop until you make them stop. And, of course, being on the defense of that, you uh, once you find out somebody is hacking you, you, you do your best to make them stop. So, <laughs> yeah. so it could be the kind of thing of uh, if your brain were to initially get hacked, could... You know, that would be the first thing I would target if I was a hacker is right. is that response to be able to shut it down. I always think of um, the idea of transferring our, our mind or our memories or our consciousness into, you know, in the future into like digital media. Um, sure. What if the batteries die? Right. <laughs> Someone unplugs <laughs> it. You know, there's a power outage. Then what? You're right. just gone? You're like that, that's it? And is a backup of a backup still you? Is that what we are literally, you know, to our ancestors? We're the future generations of backups from the sort of flesh side of it? Right. Well, and you would, if you truly had uh, emotional backups or uh, knowledge backups, if those were compromised, then future generations would, um, could possibly learn things incorrectly. So somebody could truly shape the future. We've already done that. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> like doubt. Pretty sure. It's Have you a ever thing seen that's happening? Did you ever see that um, Oscar? Um, fuck me. Hold on. I got to think about this for a second. Uh, it was a, a a documentary on Netflix 
by um, the director that did The Doors. What was his name? He Oliver JFK. Stone. Oliver Stone, thank you. I don't know why I was yeah. thinking Oscar. Um, so Oliver Stone directed, and it's sort of like uh, Missing History or The Untold History of America. Yes. You yes. watch that? It's awesome. Yes, sir. It is awesome. And that should I, be a required reading for every adult. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, it's uh, it truly is that the winners write the history. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like our country is no different. I mean, you're taught in school that the U.S. is the good guy. Uh, everybody else is the bad guy. We're number one. Yeah. Right. And we, we've done some really fucked up shit, maybe with good intentions. However, yeah. <laughs> it was very fucked up to, to other people and have ultimately uh, hurt ourselves uh, in the long run. You know, one thing, I, I've just finished a, uh, a book called uh, American Values by RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he, he writes a lot about his experience as a child when his uncle was president, his dad, attorney general, and uh, his experiences there, which were super cool, but also a lot of the history of what JFK tried to get past, you know, and his whole whole platform, at least according to his nephew, were uh, providing an opportunity, mm-hmm. not not equality across the board, not making everybody equal by giving, taking from the rich and giving to the poor, but allowing equal opportunity to build your own fortune. And it truly was refreshing in the age that we live in to where it's nothing but finger pointing and there's never a solution, but always a, uh, a cause of who is to blame for your misfortune in life. Right. And, you know, I feel like most I can't speak for all, but I feel like a, 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 in general, Satanists should understand such things as um, what is true. Do enough research to understand that, you know, your your lot in life is your doing. And we uh, we could definitely use a lot more of that, I feel like, during during the crazy times we live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, we're hardwired for that tribal thought. It's a survival yeah. tactic. It's it's in our DNA. That's that's who and what we are as a species. And I think we're, we're a very curious species because we often find ourselves um, trying to find a way out of the box that we exist in. Like this, this yeah. is what humans are. This is how humans behave. That is human. And we, because of our consciousness or whatever, always try to break out of that and never realize that we're we're forever going to be contained with certain boundaries. Like, you know, we aspire to this idea of a utopia, but we're incapable of sustaining such a thing simply because we're human animals. Uh, You know, our emotional and, and uh, uh, fight or flight triggers in our minds will not allow that to exist. And yet we create political parties, religious groups. um, I don't know. You get on a fucking, uh, uh, hippie farm or something but there's no way that you can actually spread it out to a town size or a city size or a state or a global scale that's just outside of our nature and we we as satanists we're supposed to accept what who and what we are right right Work within the boundaries of what we have genetically and then you know try to improve on on our life our human experience as it were um our yeah. vital existence exactly um, but we only operate within the boundaries of the rest of humanity. Like we can yep. 
we can stretch our legs a little bit, but that's as good as it gets. And so we're still going to be confined to this greater mass that we are constantly trying to separate ourselves from. This is parallel mm -hmm. than the other, you know, the, just the human experience. We're trying to constantly push away saying, I am not a part of the herd. I'm not a part of the group. I'm not a part of the mass human experience. And yet we're still in that fucking box. Right. Because after we say that, we look around and say, right, everybody? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See what I you said? Know. Huh? Click like, bitch. Thank right? You. Right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, I I loved that that documentary. I thought it was great. And there's he's done some yeah. other stuff that he's waiting for someone to pick up on that I'm, I'm really excited for. Yeah. But I, I love the idea that, that we, as, as creatures, really only have our experience, right? So uh, yeah. as Satanists, we try to um, capitalize on defining what those experiences are through conscious living you know like actively being a participant in our own lives and trying to shape our own destinies um as a species you know we have the capacity in general i don't know how many people actually you know really can reach beyond their own limitations um sociopolitically but or just fucking culturally and regionally um <laughs> but because we have this imagination because we have this capacity of, of dreaming it allows us to try to imagine and and want to break out of those confines but unless you recognize the boundaries how are you ever going to be willing or able to push them you know so if you're just exactly. diluting yourself with this overblown sense of um i don't know importance or ability uh you're never actually going to be able to reach your ultimate capacity in life in whatever you know expression you're trying to do because you don't know what your limits are exactly well and that, and that comes i feel like from not being self-aware right which a, a, quite a few people unfortunately uh think that you know think they're the greatest thing ever uh and haven't really looked at themselves you know maybe they're great at one issue right. one one area whatever the case may be but it uh in the grand scheme of things of of knowing everything or understanding or being aware of everything uh often we all fall short in that mm -hmm. another aspect of this is um i think is interesting is that we we expect we're very solipsistic about the idea that other people should see us as more than one thing and right. yet we regularly distill everyone else down to one thing, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, they're a Christian, Psk. you know, they're Mormons, Ugh. You know, <laughs> or, or whatever it is, you know, call whatever parameter you want to, you want to tack onto, but that's exactly what we regularly do. And yet when people look at us, we're like, whoa, 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 I am so much more than just X or Y, you know, it's right. like, how... It's that old saying of, you know, how can you expect respect if you don't give any, you know, it, respect right. is earned. So exactly. I feel like if, if we're expecting other individuals to be able to have perspective, um, to understand us in any way, we have to afford them the same courtesy. It's, it's this, this harmony that you have. It's the, the handshake. If one person isn't shaking the hand, it's a weird experience. It gets weird fast. Totally. <laughs> You're just gripping oh, them yeah. like, what do you, what you, I should let go now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what am I still holding your limp fucking hand? Yeah. It's weird stuff. Totally. Um, all right, totally. take care, Aaron. Good to see you. Good luck on your test, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Behemoth? How you doing, man?
So I don't know. I, I'm constantly like over-examining these different ideas and how, like, where my place is, you know, in this sort of world that I've constructed around myself. Because ultimately, as Satanists, that's what we're doing. You know, we're, yeah. I'd say the thesis of Nine Cents for the past months that I've uh, picked it up again has been uh, this re-examination of what total environment means and your place in your total environment and how far those boundaries are from without and from within. And it's all leading up to something that I'm not quite ready to express yet or even formulate into words properly. But it's an obsession that I can't get the fuck away from. I'm just obsessed with this idea because ultimately all we're doing, if you, whether it's escaping into a book or into music or into a movie or a video game, whatever it is, or social media, escaping into these things, you're not actually able to focus on who you actually are. You're just entirely yeah. focused on how you're presenting yourself. But totally. an old fucking concept of mine with lesser magic is if you don't know who you are, you cannot influence anyone else because you don't have a starting point to adjust from. So exactly. I don't know. Those it's it's a fucking crazy obsession in my head, and it oh, goes I... so broad, you know. Into I mean, of course, just not like the cosmic scope because I think that's a bit of a. A shortcut to thinking because you don't have to think because you you're, we're incapable of really grasping the magnitude of, of the universe or anything like that but on a a localized position of you know like with that that fungus documentary about how mm -hmm. we are literally a part of this you know in essence neuroelectric network of existence yeah. and we all play a role in that and there's something a little bit scary about that to me and there's something a little bit exciting about it and how does a satanist yeah fit into that concept like that's something that I'm, I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around a little bit too hmm mm, that that is an interesting one no. that is an interesting one it's going in fucking crazy direction <laughs> <clears throat> well this is if if it's nothing else this is proof of how uh how awesome man camp was <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> seriously uh, I mean, they totally woke some shit up. Oh, it, it, there, that was, that was, yeah, that was an incredible few, few, uh, few days, hours, weeks, yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Years. Um, yeah, it's, it's always strange because you reach out to people and you're like, hey, you want to be a part of this? And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, of course I do. And then it comes down and one thing changes and the whole fucking, they're just like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm out. And they tap out. Meanwhile, they just missed out on some crazy cool shit. Oh, yeah. It could have uh, been a real memorable experience. I was supposed yeah. to go um, uh, camping this weekend and something came up that just prevented me from being able to do it. But I was so goddamn excited to be able to sort of reconnect and have this, you know, conscious experience with my wife and some other friends and stuff in the middle of yeah. a fucking mountain. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just going to be stuck in this stupid fucking house. <laughs> and, and to think that there's people who are actively avoiding stuff like that blows yeah. my mind. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Like, uh, I mean, not even on the uh, physical health level of mm -hmm. getting out, getting uh, in nature, you know, the sunlight and, you know, allowing your immune system to, to boost itself and... Yeah. Uh, but just the mental health aspect, you know, and uh, I've, I've actually had that, 
trying trying to come up with some way to be able to uh, to do another man camp uh, out in the woods again because you know even though this year was was amazing I, I felt like the you know last year's yeah. out by the lake was just sure. it, you know catching fish and no electronics and no people for the most part was uh, was really cool yeah. I love that aspect of it because I mean, traditionally yeah. like with the one before that, um, before last year's, not this year's, um, I think was the one where we went down to the desert. Um, and then, uh, but ultimately it's mainly just camping somewhere, you know, somewhere regionally. And so you always try right. to get a different vibe about where you are. One thing I really did appreciate about the one we went on, um, this time this year was that it was in a vineyard, essentially like an entire area that was devoted to orchards and vineyards. And wow. I, when we were driving anywhere, uh, it was constantly through these massive vines and massive trees. And it was, it was pretty spectacular. Like uh, I was downplaying it a little bit, but in my head, I was just really taking it in and, and really appreciating it. And then ultimately having the regret of not being able to get a last glimpse because the fires were coming in so heavily that right. the smoke was filling up the atmosphere and you couldn't see it, you know, the sights anymore. Um, yeah. So stuff like that, being able to stop and smell the flowers, I think is a, a trait only conscious humans can appreciate, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I, it, definitely. You were you were smelling the smoke this year. I mean, you know, Colorado bad. is is completely on fire. But on on the positive note, we are getting snow on uh, Tuesday. So, whoa, really? Already? Yeah, it's supposed to have, uh, Monday is supposed to be in the nineties. Uh, Tuesday is supposed to be forty, and uh, snow in the. Uh, Lovely Denver metro oh area. Oh my gosh! So you know, I'm gonna have to pull up the drawbridge around Vanderpool Manor and uh, <laughs> get someone to drain this swamp and get all the alligators. To yeah, safety. yeah. I mean, we got to worry about our animal friends. I mean, <laughs> oh, I wanted to say publicly, uh, congratulations. Oh, thank on, you. Uh, your elevation. Did the here's what I wanted to ask you really because I had an experience that most people didn't. When yeah. you were shipped your virgins, were they freeze-dried? Did you have to add water, or were they actually, like, alive when you got them? It, it was mostly alive. Most? Mostly alive. Some of them, some of them were, uh, you know, the, the thawing process had begun, so a couple had woken up. Right, um, right. But, but that was okay. I mean, the others were freeze-dried and made great weapons to knock <laughs> the others out. So it was, <laughs> you know, it's a win-win, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah I, I feel like i just got a bunch of sea monkeys and they're like here's your virgins congratulations you know, good, good luck with that like, what is this, an off year for the hell <laughs> this doesn't make sense at all <laughs> satan's like there's a drought of virgins it's the fucking 2000s so um we're gonna have to we're gonna have to ship some sea monkeys instead <laughs> yeah there's okay. there's no virgins anymore no virgins they're all like, I'm a virgin. This guy doesn't count. <laughs> it was only the tip. Yeah. <laughs> He's still a virgin. It's only the tip. Well, thank you, funeral pyre. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, man. But okay. yeah. <laughs> Good times. What else is on my list here? Um, you, you didn't send me the list, so. No, you're right. I'm, I'm just... 
I don't know why I'm asking you. I'm just saying it out loud to explain why I'm looking at my phone. Uh, well, okay. A- I wanted to ask you about um, about what you think about the protesting and riots, because these are yeah. clearly very hyper-localized in certain areas, but the media is very much acting as if it spread to every inch of every state. Nothing yes. but riots and hellscapes and dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria type shit. <laughs> uh, so uh, what do you think about the riots? Well, I, in the beginning, in the beginning, I, I really thought that there was, uh, it, it was needed in a way that, uh, that folks have been pushed so far, not only, uh, where they locked down, and I feel like throughout the whole pandemic, common sense wasn't used through a lot of stuff. Um, and people just had enough. And uh, it, it was like our country, truly our country, flexing its muscle and being like, here's a reminder of who's really in charge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at, at this point that uh, a lot of... Uh, nothing has come from it that that people were rioting people were looting and destroying things and they got the the world's attention not just the country's but the world's attention and our leadership even the folks who who we consider our good leadership in government haven't picked up on what the voices are saying that we need you know we do need police reform in our country yeah Absolutely. We, we need things to change because there's the idea of everybody having an equal opportunity to, to progress in our country is not the case. And a lot of times there, there's certain aspects of it that people do progress and, and people do beat the stereotype and people uh, get past the barriers that are in place systemically. But at the same time, there is a systemic issue. I think where the rioting and the destroying of property and stuff now is falling short is you're hurting people who truly can't make a change for you. There are people uh, who are, are they're worried about themselves. They're worried about putting a meal on the table, worried about getting their kids an education, worried about paying rent. And those are the people you're, you're ultimately hurting. And you're getting the attention of the politicians, but it's it's gone past the, oh, we should look, to, oh, wait a minute, that's not good. We need to do something about the hate. And so the overall message of reform has, is unfortunately passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much actual reform is going to happen. We're at a, a point right now where fear-mongering is sort of the soup of the day. Uh, Absolutely. And that, I mean, it's always been that way, but this is just another one of those events where we can heap a big, tall spoonful of fear on top of everything. Uh, white people fear anyone who's not white. Black people fear uh, anyone who's uh, in blue. Um, and there's always grains of truth in every expression. And so I'm not trying to downplay anything. But sure. what I start to take a step back and see is that we see this resurgence of um justify uh self-justified uh vigilantism almost on the left of trying to stand up for themselves and 
that creates this vacuum where um, opportunistic individuals come in and riot and damage and and the entire left gets lumped into this one singular group. And then on the right, you have militias who, if we're, you know, going to stop being fucking um, uh, concerned about people's feelings, you have gangs uh, who band together traditionally all white, though not exclusively, um, gun enthusiasts, certainly, but also um, uh, military training uh porn followers i mean it's, it's it's people who are just obsessed with the idea that civil war is coming so we have to prepare for it well if you're yeah. already in that mentality that's the bible mentality that's the end of the world is coming let's hurry it along so we can all get to heaven quicker sure. uh, if you think there's absolutes then you act in order to see those absolutes come into fruition and the absurdity of that is that our homeland security in the united states has come out and straight up said, look, white supremacy and white militias are the new terrorists, period. Per data, that is the new terror Um, in America. We're literally doing it to ourselves, and yet we're constantly pointing at other ethnicities, other uh, cultures, and saying that that's the problem. I I really loved um, the, the... the uh, article that Jim Carrey put out, I think it was in the Atlantic, and it was this idea that um, he, as a Canadian from the outside looking in, was looking in at America and reading Superman comics and truth, justice in the American way, and that made him fall in love with America. And that promise of America from the outside that we try to project um, is opportunity, equality, everyone gets a fair shake, you can pull yourself up and do whatever you want. And as soon right. as he got here, he started realizing that that wasn't the case at all. Oh. And now he doesn't see it anywhere. And I think any American born, never having left the country, doesn't have any perspective outside of their own nation, individual, doesn't have a leg to stand on as yep. far as patri- patriotism is concerned. If you have not left this country, you have no idea of perspective from the outside. So you have no voice in my world. Um, you should be Agreed. like locked up in your little farm in your little coop and left there to be preyed on by coyotes because you're too terrified to leave your fucking little fucking safe haven. Those of us who have traveled and experienced other cultures around the world understand that, well, maybe that line that we were fed about exceptionalism and being the you know number one was just a line. And maybe yeah. it's broken down to individual anecdotal experiences, and that's what's used to justify the line. And so we have to stop trying to attach this terrorist militia movement to everyone on the right in the same way that we have to stop attaching the, um, uh, the uh, looters and the rioters to everyone on the left and realize in the same conversation that we were having earlier today where we expect people to see us as more than just X or Y and yet we don't apply that to anyone else. That's something that humanity must accept. Like it's the True. only way. And it's not here's the, the worst part about this. Not the worst, but probably just the, the realistic side of it. It doesn't matter ultimately because it's not going to solve anything. But having perspective at least allows you to have a little bit of room to manipulate or to guarantee your own position in a culture. Exactly. If you don't have any fight, any game uh, in the in, uh, any point of, of uh, reference in the fight, then 
you're, you're at the mercy of those who do. And as Satanists, we should take an active role in our lives. So at least move forward with intention and understanding. And it's that uncomfortable third side that we're supposed to be striving for. And it's supposed to be uncomfortable. That's why it's fucking titled that. It's not supposed yeah. to be this fucking feedback loop of, of this is my perspective, hence I'm right, so you just keep jerking me off with what I believe is right. No. Yeah. I need some squeezing and twisting a little bit. <laughs> give me that perspective. Got, got to have a nipple twist every now yeah. and then. I, just, I, I hate anyone who is just like kumbaya full America without ever having visited or heard or exposed themselves to anything outside of America because we live Absolutely. in a fucking echo chamber of lies. Yeah. Well, and, and it doesn't matter where you live because every country does it. Every every country does, and and you know it. It really all starts, uh, you know, a, a topic you hit on earlier with the hacking of the brain, with the billboards and commercials. I mean, it starts with the media. the The media covers everything, and you can get whichever side you want. You know, you can get the right or left, and and oddly enough. It's not in between. You can't find that on your local television. You have to actually go search out uh, these different viewpoints. And here, you know, I feel like here are the extremes. And then make a decision for yourself. Do your, do your research, you know, listen and learn from everything and, and see what makes sense and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because as, you know, you've touched on many times, you know, perspective lies with the individual. Yeah. And so there's, you know, I, I, a lot of people cheer when these uh, right wing and left wing extremists get banned from YouTube or banned from Facebook and all that stuff. And it's like I say, let them let them show you how big of an idiot they are Yeah. on every side, like 100%. on every side. Absolutely. Yeah. Be but we can't do that, you know, and, and now you have these uh, media companies and social media conglomerates that are, are filtering and uh, deciding what you get to hear as an individual, as an American or uh, as a German, wherever around the world. Yeah. It's always, it, you're being censored and filtered of, of what side of the story you get. So it, it's just one of those things where we really, the media should be unbiased and fair and just report and then Trust that the individuals who hear this information can make intelligent decisions on what is real and what is not. Yeah. It's weird. Is that too naive as a, a, a human to expect, though, um, that someone could relay events in a non-biased way? I mean, that's for since the beginning of the, uh, the news media um, mm -hmm. structure, it's it's always been used to sell a narrative. Um, the telling of history in and of itself, as we've already mentioned, right. is in order to um, disseminate a specific narrative, um, to paint a good and a bad. So if that is our default switch, uh, is anyone really capable of turning it off and then just speaking objectively? Is that something that can even fucking happen? Because as, as, as open as an individual to perspective and possibility as I believe I am... I'm still confined within the culture, region, um, religio, political era that raised me, that my brain developed in. And then ultimately, sure. um, what I've tried to deprogram since that point uh, as an adult with a fully developed brain. 
Like it's when when we're limited so severely by our survivalist based animal past and confined by this echo chamber that we continually willingly subject ourselves to um mm -hmm. can anyone have objective views on anything i say i i say yes and okay. i and i <laughs> i didn't see that i coming. say yes and i can own i can only speak from personal experience growing up uh in in eastern kentucky and you know uh, as as a poor child living off the uh social uh help that we would get from the government and and whatnot uh you know we were all strictly democrat you know very much so and very left-leaning and for the social programs and and all that stuff um growing up and and seeing the world as you said really helped uh me change my mind and and reading and learning more uh, just about society about humans about how we make decisions about tribalism um the more you educate yourself on on that being true and and being the case across the the world makes as long as you're self-aware i feel like you can make yourself seek out all sides of an argument try to listen to the fox newses listen to the cnn's listen to the cn uh the msnbc's and uh then you find news outlets on youtube listen to the hill kyle krasinski uh jimmy Dore, uh joe rogan you know and uh that's you know one person who i feel like does a good job of bringing all viewpoints in on his show to have an open discussion to say whatever it is they want i mean he has fucking alex jones on his show who is you know a complete psycho <laughs> crazy person right but then you know you you listen to him say certain things on rogan's show and you look at how things are and you're like holy shit he was right about this I mean, he's way off base about everything else, but he's right about this one thing. Yeah. And, you know, you gotta, you just gotta do your homework. I mean, it's, and that's where I feel like Satanists have an advantage. You're truly inquisitive people who will go out and you, you seek the truth, regardless of whether it's the way your thought process is or if it's against your thought process. You should always be seeking the truth and then adjust accordingly. Yeah. That's the hardest part, I think. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's easy to find ideas that are um, foreign to you, but to consider them honestly and then adopt some that you find in your consideration as truth, that's yeah. fucking tough. Because I, we we have this. This is, so this is a it's level so I had to go through. But when it I, is. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it, it truly is hard, but it is such a thing. It's vital, mm -hmm. vital. For Satanists especially, because we Satanists shape and mold our our futures to our will. We we can we have that ability to be shakers and movers to shape and mold our country, our world as, as we see fit. And so I feel like it is vital for us, um, if not everyone, but Satanists more especially, mm -hmm. to to seek out that truth, be self aware, and be able and willing to uh, change your perspective when presented with uh, 
different facts that maybe contradict yourself. Yeah. I think it's when we lock ourselves into an archetype, um, I'll, I'll say. When we, sure. when we find ourselves locked into an archetype and we try to then ascribe all other types of behaviors within that archetype, we must then adopt. I don't see a difference between that and trying to be godly. A Satanist is inherently their own god, sometimes a benevolent one, sometimes a wicked one, and it can go in their own self, you know, get, we can get in our own way throughout the process. But ultimately, if you lock yourself in and you're trying to be this archetype, you're not actually being you, hence you're not actually being a Satanist, which yep. I, I find is ironic when so many Satanists, you know, try to then lock themselves into archetypes. Um, Absolutely. You have to be malleable. It's the only way to exist as a Satanist because then you're in a position of being able to move dynamically with given cultural politics. We don't have martyrs, and so you shouldn't stick to a stance until you fucking die. That's stupid. Then you're done. You're over. Game fucking over. There are no second. Exactly. This is old school Nintendo gaming here, people. You don't get right? extra lives. You, you don't get to keep your equipment. <laughs> you're fucking dead. So... You know, it's uh, it's it's forcing yourself to live without the label and be willing to adapt and change and straight up lie if necessary, because that's what survival means. That's what you have to do as a human being. Absolutely. I just hate those fucking the types that are just like, this is what I am. Ugh. Deal with it. This is this is who I am. This is my archetype. Like, okay, well, now you're completely predictable, and I can literally make you do whatever I want you to do. Exactly. How is that a Satanist? That's a fucking <laughs> puppet. Congratulations, puppet. You have achieved yep. the level of dumbass. Yep. Fucking people. Yep. Uh, you're now living rent-free in their heads. <laughs> Jake knows. <laughs> Shout out to Jake. He's going to be screaming at the fucking speaker (laughs) for like three hours. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. Callback. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I love this stuff because ultimately, you know, we we try to pretend like we're in this original part in time that is so different than every other spot in time that anyone else has experienced. And our troubles are so much more serious than their troubles. We have fucking medicine, we have water, we have food, we have shelter for the most part, the majority of us. Like, we have it really fucking easy on the scope of mankind. Let's stop pretending like we're in such a difficult time. How about we just have a little perspective on that front? It's not so bad. Yeah, it's totally not. And that that is, you know, know your history. Know your history. And, And those... Folks that do study it, I mean, you see the shit playing out. It's in a continuous loop playing out every 20, 30 years. You know, the same, um, <laughs> the, the, it's the same issues, the same, oh my God, look out, we're all going to die kind of thing. It, it, it's always the same. Mm-hmm. Same players, same people. They just name it different stuff. <clears throat> it gets scarier. Yeah. And un- unfortunately, the... <sighs> The, the media hasn't helped any of that. Uh, it, it's unfortunate because they play right into all that. They see they're worried more about ratings these days than actually telling us what's actually happening. And so you'll see news stories of all kind that make people feel good yeah. or make people afraid. 
just uh, to get some ratings, you know? Yeah, and here's the other part. If, if you're looking to such an external source as digital media in order to find that semblance of a moment of happiness or good news or bad news or whatever, um, how is it that you're, how can you consider yourself living? You literally have space around you. I'm in a room outside of this room is the fucking world. And that is where you should be experiencing those moments of happiness and you know, whatever live and experience and understand through your own personal uh, exposure, not through what other people are telling you. Again, yep. you're just a fucking puppet. You're like, you'll believe yep. this, speak this, and it's all in headlines and sound bites and phrases and fucking bullshit on every yep. single side of every single human expression, socio political, whatever. It is all the same. And why we don't recognize that in, I, yeah, maybe we do. I don't know. I'm just fucking making an argument. Why we don't recognize that is fucking insane and, and, and frustrating to me as a Satanist. Yeah. Like, how can how can any Satanist believe some of the things they believe if they really had perspective? You know, like this idea that yeah. there's a black and white to anything is the most absurd notion possible in existence. Yeah. <laughs> we create. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Oh fuck. Yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. Totally. Um, the, to see the people, you know, politically speaking, just as an example, uh, who are completely left or completely right, it's like you you are now giving up your freedom of thought. Like you you are being manipulated, mm -hmm. whether you want to believe it or not. You you are being manipulated. Yeah, yeah. Someone's hand is up your butthole right now. <laughs> That's what that feeling is. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know. Some politician so nice. has literally like <laughs> right up your stinker. <clears throat> All right, <laughs> let's let's get off this sort of heavier topics. Yeah, I, I kind of want to ask you about music. Like Please. you're a music man, right? I mean, I'm 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 a uh, fan of music. I've, once. I've broken into uh, I've rediscovered, I'll say, um, a genre recently, and I'm excited about it. So, have you been listening to any music? What you know? What what's what's on your list right now? Well, um, I I've recently discovered a a new old band, uh, American Hi-Fi, which is very rock poppy, which I'm not not typically digging on all the time, um, but I like it. Is it like know? rockabilly or no? No, it's uh, like 1990s fucking rock. It's uh, oh really. It, yeah, like yeah. sponge and shit. Yeah, yeah. Bush, that, that that kind of stuff. You know, you get into the bush. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get uh, some bush. <laughs> For being honest, but it's uh, it, it, you know, it's really good. The guy uh, that's the lead man, guitar player for it, was the drummer for Matchbox Twenty, oh, okay. and uh, had he also fronted a bunch of smaller bands. Um, uh, Back in the the ninety late nineties and two thousands, um, the oh my god, Veruca Salt. He was the front man for Veruca Salt, oh, wow. and so you know it's it's some cool stuff. And then you know I'm also listening to a lot of stuff from from back in my my home country of Kentucky. You know a, a lot of like uh, Tyler Childers, uh, Chris Stapleton. Uh, um, yeah, you know a whole lot of actual real 
country that that talks about stuff from that region the the pill problems the um homeless and the uh, poverty issues that are happening in the day you know it's just something that's actual real not this uh my jeans are tight and i'm pretty so a record company <laughs> makes me look good kind of shit right. so it, you know I, and i'm trying to get into everything i also stick to the classics man like i you know uh in my playlist i have frank sinatra who pops up all the time i've got some uh, willie nelson singing frank sinatra which oh, is yeah. some damn good stuff and then i also you know uh i've found some uh playlists uh from the doctor who had who had a wide variety of awesome jazz music and yeah. and stuff from the twenties and thirties that was that rotate through so mm -hmm. try to get a little of everything. That strange music CD uh, CD <laughs> uh, record <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It, it's just him playing oldies, which is yeah. gold. It's just pure gold. Um, oh, totally. I, so on the way back from man camp, um, my nephew, grown man, you say nephew and you think kid, but it's a grown man, is in the back seat, sort of just sleeping it off, essentially. And then Cameron <laughs> and I are in the front seats driving, and Cameron's, he's old school punk all the way. And so oh, yeah. I was like, hey, we haven't, you know, uh, just a quick snapshot of what man camp is for people. On the way down to Man Camp this year, which was about six hours almost in total, six we listened to show tunes the whole way. Yes. It was yes. nothing but show tunes, and we were singing along. That's nice. Man Camp. Nothing gayer than Man Camp, uh, but I fucking love it. So we on the way back, I was like, well, we listened to show tunes a whole fucking way there. You know, I'm going to give him a little bit of his fucking bread and butter, a little old school fucking punk. Apple yeah. has these really great uh, radio stations. I guess it's kind of like a Pandora station or something like that, where they just curate the best of a genre and just present it. Um, nice. And so I put in classic punk, and we just fucking rocked out with our cock out the entire way home. It was awesome. And just That's revisiting some of these old punk bands is just so fucking great. Like I, It took me a long time to get into punk. Um, I was very much a uh, heavy metal, uh, hair metal guy growing up, and then I broke into blues, and that changed everything. That pushed me over to jazz totally. and ska and rockabilly, yeah. and um, it, it really forced me into a lot of different genres. I finally, after ska, got into punk really hard through college, and then it just sort of fell off my radar as I focused. Yeah. You know, I just went to my go-to American standards and stuff like that. I'm a big Rat Pack guy. Uh, fan and so yes ultimately revisiting like old school like new york hardcore too that's like fucking yeah. line in line with um with old school punk for me um and so revisiting those tunes was just fucking magical and and like i've been getting into a lot of like classic uh 90s alternative music yeah you know, not, not necessarily rock but just the you know like the flaming lips and stuff like that yeah, um, yeah. which is a lot of fun i've just been enjoying one thing i've i've i feel like i fucked myself as a kid because i locked I myself into i'm limber <laughs> i locked myself into a fucking genre and i refused to explore anything out of the genre like my my parents came up in the soul era and so there oh was a God. lot of fucking 
like old school soul and jazz standards and um you know just your traditional oldies and, and beach boys and stuff like that but then you'd get a little bit of creep in from the beatles and rolling stones and stuff but traditionally it was just you know old school stuff a lot of soul and so that's like at the back of my head of like always just yeah. enjoying it but then you know i'm just inundated with all of this hair metal and refusing to explore anything outside of that i feel like i cut myself off like i cut yeah. my nose despite my face like i just yeah. i could have been enjoying so much more if i just totally. would have been open and broke out of that archetype that i was trying to fit in if to you know do a callback to a previous conversation yeah well, I did that same thing when I was, you know, learning, when I was learning to play banjo, I was, I was very, my, my dad stuck me into this one vein of like two to three banjo players. He's like, this is who you listen to. This is who you play like everybody else, their shit. And after I had, you know, got out on my own and stuff and, and I, I didn't actually listen to any other banjo players, but I started getting into Ray Charles. I started yeah. getting into into Marvin Gaye, getting yes. into uh, James Brown, Fuck Aretha yes. Franklin, you know, and uh, and I started trying to incorporate that into banjo playing. Oh, and some shit. of it was so fucking successful, you know, there were some standard songs, and you know, Chuck Berry, like yeah. I would play the shit out of some Chuck Berry riffs on the banjo, and uh, you know, it, it that, that's been where I've been trying to get to again. You know, I've been playing a lot of guitar myself and and trying to, to be able to actually sing uh, in in a way that doesn't uh, shatter windows or uh, or drive people mad that listen to me, at least in a bad way. I like way. your You, Me, and the Devil Makes Three intro. I think that's great. Hey, well, thanks, man. Uh, you know, that was, that was something. When I recorded that, I recorded it in the closet. <laughs> and now so he's blaming weird. gay. Now I'm 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 fully out, Mister. Mountain proud, I'm fully baby. Out. <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm 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 thinking of having you know starting to do some Facebook vid live videos of of just me playing a banjo or a guitar and, oh, and yeah. singing or uh, something like that just to get the musical expressions out. Um, and at the same time, you know, I see other people who are doing that and they're so much better than me. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> Maybe I should just not. <laughs> hey, if it brings you happiness, fucking latch hey, on, man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Music's an escape, man. Like the, the best part um, of this whole pandemic thing and being locked in has been um, sitting with Stephanie out on the back patio and just listening to music. And, uh, you know, we, we connect quite a bit listening to, you know, Coulter wall and, uh, uh, Tyler Childers and just all kinds of music, listen to the Rolling Stones. And mm -hmm. we also got into starting to collect vinyl a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, I've, uh, one of my, my prized records that I have, um, is uh nirvana's first record oh shit that is i mean i, I will put that thing on and you can listen to the whole thing and once you get to the b side where it's not everything that's been played to death i mean that's some good ass music you know like yeah. like they were really feeling it then and and 
that's how I started have started to really judge music is how does it make me feel? You know, can I, can I, can I feel it completely through Mm -hmm. me? You know, and we did, you know, Cameron at, at man camp, man, like he was playing some stuff that you could really feel and MC. Holy shit. Yes. MC. Very much so. Like there were some weird turns. (laughs) There's some things I still see in my dreams and I'm just like, holy shit. It's funny because I don't I don't feel fear in my regular life. Like no. I, there's no need no. for it. Like I'm 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 I've lived such a cushy marshmallow center fucking existence that and I've built it for myself. But the fact is, is I just don't experience real fear ever. There's no leopard hunting me that I have to fucking run from. So man camp, there were like two distinct moments. When a line was uttered and when a fucking music start, a, a song started where I genuinely felt fear and it fucked yeah. me up. I didn't totally. know what the fuck. I didn't know how to react. I was just like, oh, I, fucking, you know, short circuiting here. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> but but uh, I immediately like in memory, like I'll, I'll reflect on that. Like, oh, wow, that's I remember that. That was fear. Like I it, as, as a kid, yeah. there was some fear. But, but oh. it, for for me. Like I've always heard David Bowie, right? And uh, I think you, oh, I think yeah. it was you yeah. that put on his last record. Fuck yeah! And that blew my mind. Oh that, god damn, it's so good. Uh, it it was amazing. Like I, I, uh, yeah, that's the one thing I reflect on, and uh, and it it touches me emotionally. Mm. Where I, I, I hear his voice, and I'm so wow, that's that's intense. See, that's, that's intense. He's one of those guys where. I I overtly avoided yeah. like, listening to it all as a kid because again I was locked into this you know uh, hair metal fucking archetype, um, sure. and so I completely avoided ever really exposing. I knew the popular stuff, but I never really like absorbed any of it. And then yeah. I watched, and this is actually much much more recently than I'm proud to say. Um, <laughs> I watched Horns with Daniel Radcliffe. And okay. there's some Bowie tracks in there where they put it on the record and you get these images of their like treehouse and stuff like that. It started like pushing me back in my mind to like Bridget Terabithia and the emotional resonance that that novel and that yeah. film had for me. And it started breaking down these barriers that I'd put up for myself and really allowed me to explore his music in a completely different way. So I didn't really enjoy the movie, but I really enjoyed what it did to expose me to um, David Bowie. And now I'm just like, my wife was always into Bowie. So, you know, this is nothing new to her, but to me, it's very new. I'm on this new (laughs) fucking kick of like, oh, this is Bowie. And his last fucking album really rocked my shit. Uh, You know, I, I try to explain it like, if you're in a fight and you just clocked on the jaw one really good time and you sort of just mm-hmm. like, like, it's like everything just skips a beat. Like you're a record skip or something. Like you lost time for a minute. That's yeah. Bowie's last album for me. It, it is so emotionally powerful. Totally. Uh, totally. It's great. Like it's, there's so much feeling he put into that. And then to think about what he went, was going through, right? Like mm-hmm. he was, at the end of his life and uh yeah it, it's a powerful record powerful record yeah the uh i mean which for me right like the uh not not music related but with uh, the recent passing of uh 
Oh my God, I'm going to butcher his name. The the Black Panther star. Chadwick. Um, yeah, Bozeman. Bozeman. Yeah, like uh, I felt like he was uh, realizing, I guess, that you know, having seen Black Panther and uh, Civil War and all those movies yeah. with my kids and stuff, and really enjoying his performance. Um, that uh, to see that he was going through chemotherapy and all of that while making those movies. I mean, yeah. it makes makes you appreciate uh, his dedication to the craft of acting. Yeah. And, you know, it, that, he was in it for like four years, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he went from the Marvel movies into a different movie where he lost weight and then gained weight back for another Marvel movie all while doing chemotherapy and going through it's all crazy. that. And it's like, dude, like crazy. And nobody knew, you know, like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, was like, crazy. he, he contributed to, uh, um, charities in the same way that Johnny Carson did. Right. It was all under the table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually really, as a Satanist, I really dig that because you're not, you don't have this good guy badge on your fucking sleeve that you polish every day and make sure everyone gets a fucking reflection of the sun through, like right. you're, this right. is just because this is what you like, and I'm gonna do it because it, it makes me feel good to do it, and I exactly. know that I feel good when other people benefit from me personally. So I yeah. really, really respect that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. and everyone that's that's really truly moved by Chadwick's loss for me, it was Anthony Bourdain. Like yeah. I was first yeah. exposed to him in college, and he awakened a side of artistry to me that that mixed culture and experience with literature and, yeah. um, and, and, and food. And it, it was, it was so incredibly moving for me that, yeah, I almost fucking like cried on camera when he fucking yeah. died. Like it, it was just like, fuck, this was a real goddamn human. Like you don't get, yeah. this is the absurd thing is like you, we were always taught that, you know, there's Renaissance men, and that is really like the best of human expression or classical musicians. Like these are the best of human expression. Yeah. Um, but there's people that tick a whole lot of boxes and mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about good ones. I like the bad ones being ticked too. And you've made some fucking uh, choices in your life that you don't reflect fondly on. And, and oh, yeah. you know, you've done some things that you're not so fucking proud of. That's what it means to be human. And people that yeah. do that, not the fucking shiny examples of, oh, it was a perfect Christian or, you know, whatever. The oh, fuck. yeah. But like, yeah. I want some fucking bruises to prove fucking that a. you were here. I want scars. Exactly. And that's what yeah. I love in humanity. Yeah. And Bourdain was that. I mean, yeah. you, you know, for the longest time, I thought, God, this guy is just an asshole. Like, <laughs> really? Oh, well, I totally did. But then the more I watched him, I, I you know, I learned to appreciate him. And, uh, you know, I recently started getting into jujitsu and he was he was heavily into jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Like he was a badass. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just the more I learn about him, the more, you know, you see like what a loss to the world these people are. And, uh, man, it, it, yeah, it, 2020 has been tough, man. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I don't, and I mean, you know, like Anthony Bourdain was, was I think two years ago or something. So it's not like it's, it's recent in my memory or anything, but people Still are reacting fresh. so overtly about Chadwick, um, that, mm -hmm. 
to, to reflect and appreciate his impact on their lives, I have to then at least acknowledge the impact that others have left on me. And sure. that leaves me really appreciating the human condition. Like the fact that, that we do burn out, that we ultimately, every cell in our body hits that fucking timeline and says, I can go no further because it is encoded within me not to. And life must fucking end that yeah. notion alone. That's why I never understood this fucking obsession people have with fucking vampires and living forever. It's so much more special having a fucking finite beginning and end that it yeah. forces you to appreciate it. If you just have fucking eternity, well, I'm going <laughs> to fuck off a hundred years just so I can binge watch everything on Netflix. Sure. Like, what the You're not living. You're a fucking slug. Worse than a slug because a slug is contributing to fucking existence. You are not. Exactly. Exactly. Uh. No, that, that, yeah. You know, the, the doctor knew that all too well, you know, life was short and reading anything about him. I mean, it, it really is like reading a movie script, all the things he got to do, but there, there's like so ridiculous. many of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the man lives some for like, us. yeah, well, we can't talk about those on air. So, <laughs> But, the, but there are, you know, there's so many people who, uh, yeah, man, they just, uh, they go out there and they're living and then they're gone. And, mm. and so many of those folks, you, you learn after they're gone, all the things you should have appreciated them for, mm. you know, and, you know, somebody who you and I, I'm pretty sure, unless I, uh, unless I had a dream about it, that we had a whole podcast on was like Jim Morrison, you know, yeah, our last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you you look at how how much he contributed to popular culture and rock music in those few years that the Doors were actually a band. Yeah. I mean it, it's amazing. Uh you know, the guy must have never slept. Well, it's wild because you have sort of the mass awareness of people like pop stars or actors um that have that impact but on the granular level on the individual level you still have those people like my mom just recently went through a scare with cancer she's mm. fine now for all intents and purposes but it did force like i've lost my dad and so that right you know i understand loss and grief um but i started reflecting on the impact that my right. mom who is a mormon woman um had on me a fucking male satanist a cis male Satanist, I guess, if you want to go full fucking politically correct. Um, I was I was brought to tears very quick when yeah. I think about the 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 arc of my life and how much her gravitational force influenced and affected it, um, and how it was not all negative, but even the negative stuff ended up being a positive on reflection. Sure, it, it just brings you fucking right down to your fucking emotional core. To understand that it doesn't, you know, another example, um, my high school graphics arts teacher, like I was already in my head, I'm going to be a graphic designer. That's my profession. I will always, that's, since I was a kid, but taking his class and him reinforcing some ideas and exposing me to new design ideas and uh, medium to communicate my ideas, like I have never spoken to him since. But during those two years of my exposure in high school with him, 
he had a massive impact on me. Yeah. Just those little experiences throughout life and whether it's a YouTube video that you happen to accidentally run across and there's a message that truly resonates with you. That is the, those are the moments of human experience that I'm interested in, that, that I'm really yeah. invested in the, the fucking meaningful bits of sitting in a dental office waiting to be called back to the chair. And you just strike up a conversation that, forces you to change your perceptions a little bit, just a little tick on the dial. Yep. Those are the moments that I care about. You know, the, the grand stuff, you know, we all, we all make goals and achieve them and it feels fucking great in the dopamine flood. But the small things have just as much ultimate impact on you, but you don't really focus on them at all. And that's what I want to yeah. bring out, you know? Totally. Totally, man. I, you know, for, for me, uh, it, it, it was the same thing, you know, getting, having a career in, in music for what seemed like a short time for 10 years. Um, <laughs> That's a yeah. long fucking time. But it, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, there's a lot of living during 10 years, but, um, but at the same time, you know, there was, uh, a, a, a one person that had, you know, uh, such a big effect on my musical journey. Um, and, uh, you know, he did his own thing. I mean, you know, Grammys and, and all that stuff, but somebody who I knew personally and who tried to steer me away from music, um, and which really affected my later life. You know, he pushed me towards a career outside, go to school and, you know, get an education, do something meaningful. And, uh, you know, it really, having known him and, and almost achieving, um, that level of, of success in music, um, it just meant a lot, you know, of, of having that. And then later on, you know, I can see, you know, when I was a kid, not being encouraged necessarily by my parents about going to college and, and whatever, you know, they had a future mapped out for me that echoed perhaps their own, you know, of staying in Eastern Kentucky and living, uh, a minimum wage jobs kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but this one guy, you know, just, just encouraged me to, to break the mold and, and go further than, than even I thought possible. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's those little moments, you know, I, I can recall clearly being 15 years old sitting on their tour bus and him saying all this music shit, you know, don't worry about that. Like, go, go make something of yourself, go do something meaningful. Hmm. And, you know, it, it, it hasn't, hasn't hurt that I had uh, a, a wife who's been as inspirational as that, you know, always, always pushing me. Always pushing me. Uh, someone's trying to get some fucking head tonight. <laughs> <laughs> never. I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. never go for that stuff. <laughs> I never go for head. I'm innocent. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely the, the small moments that, that end up on reflection having so much more impact in those grander moments. Um, I mean, I, you know, one example is um, when I flew out to your home and then we together went and watched that kick-ass concert, um, I had a great time with you and I, you know, just the concert was fucking fabulous. 
But one of the moments that I reflect on most is walking to your car and and your wife and your daughter were with us and sort of like seeing us off almost. And your daughter was complaining about her stomach. I was like, do you need a poop? Because sometimes my tummy hurts (laughs) and I need a poop too. That's that sticks out in my head is like, oh, that was a great interaction. Like (laughs) I had such a good moment right there. You know, it was just a human fucking moment. That like, yeah. oh, you're a little child. Maybe you don't know that if your tummy hurts, you have to poop. I yeah. know as an adult, so let me try to partake that or, or, or share that idea with you. Oh, totally. <laughs> no, man. Like uh, uh, that that moment was was awesome because we were in the shadiest fucking neighborhood in Denver. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even even the next day after the concert, you know, I remember. Uh, we were at your hotel just BSing to like three, yeah. four o'clock in the morning and Here's walking home. <laughs> oh God. I, you know, loss of voice, you know, cause we were going to record the, uh, you, me and the devil make three. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, uh, that next day, like me and you and Stephanie, like hanging out and, uh, you know, like that was so much fun. You know, it's, it, it was so cool. It was a good time, man. Had a good time. That's, well, this is why I have such a good time with you because whatever it is, and I don't pretend to understand it, like there's, like we gel really well. And more yeah. than that, like, and that's rare. For me, that's totally. really rare. I don't fucking gel okay. with anyone. So you and I gel, which is awesome. But I also gel with your family, which is not something that ever fucking happens. Traditionally, like women tell their husbands to break up with me as a friend because they can't take me. <laughs> and so to, you know, to have a relationship with you and to have your family be okay with it, that's oh, yeah. like huge for me, which is really, oh, yeah. really weird. It's kind of cool no, having man. that fucking connection with someone, you know? No, it, it's, it's really awesome. Like you, you know, you, you guys, you and Shauna and, and your kids and our kids, mm. uh, I mean, we're all family. That's the way we think of it all the time. And, uh, you know, it's just too bad we live uh, so far apart. Uh, And it's also uh, my huge penis. That's uh, what I feel like (laughs) makes our relationship so nice. It has uh, something to do. It's like a percentile (laughs) to do with it. But... (laughs) Oh, my God. I want everyone to know that Wes has a massive penis. Massive. It's a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. Every, I I yeah, know. I get searched every time I go through an air. They're like, sir, you're carrying weapons. Oddly enough, play. it beeps with the metal detector. I don't yeah, know what that's about. It's really weird. It's really weird. <laughs> I don't get it. But <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right. Well, I think, you know, an hour and a half is a pretty decent show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, Joe Rogan just did five hours with uh, Duncan Trussell. So, oh, I mean... God damn. Warriors, man. I know you got a heart out in 30, so we might as well stop here. Um, Sure. Thank you, man. Thank you for, you know, coming on and doing this with me. I I really do appreciate it. It's nice to catch up. No, man, always. You know, I I always appreciate uh, getting to talk to you in person or virtually in person as it is. And, uh, you know, our relationship means dear. uh, It's really close to my heart my my tiny black heart and uh so you know i i appreciate it as always yeah no absolutely 
Uh, I want to thank the audience for <laughs> those of you who have come and gone, Aaron, <laughs> and then uh, everyone else who like stood the test of time during this long show. I, I got to be honest, I'm not sure where we were going sometimes. <laughs> we went there, and I hope uh, you had fun uh, during the course of our conversation. Uh, of course, you can always support the show if you feel like it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's probably the easiest way. Sign up to the email list if you want to get email correspondence from me. And if you're interested, you can always uh, get this via audio podcast. I'm going to be dropping that tomorrow. And uh, if you get it via audio podcast, leave me a rating and a review. And that's it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in live. I really appreciate it. And for those after the fact, try to catch it live. You know, interacting with the other um, live audience I think is very special and it's a very different awesome. way of engaging because if we're being honest no one knows about me so this is a very small tiny little show and so you actually get to see <laughs> comments as they go by if I was popular it would just be a rush of fucking spam comments so clearly it's a good thing that I'm not popular and you can actually interact with each other in the chat I think that's nice it's, it, it brings a very interesting and original dynamic to satanic media and I appreciate you for being a part of it. So, thank you everyone, and until next time, hail that Satan, yeah? Hail the Satan. I'm trying, right, I'm trying just... on different ways, like, hail the yeah. Satan, that's one way, or like, just, just do like, um, don't forget to hail Satan. Yeah. Or like, just well, do it... emphasis on some parts, like, hey! Well, Satan. <laughs> well, before we go, if I could, oh, uh, yeah. you're, since you're, you're not super on social media anymore, you're, I know you're stuck, <laughs> You're stalking me. I know you have secret accounts. Um, come, come find me. I'm always willing to have conversation and provide a uh, a good insult, uh, as my wife knows. And uh, yeah, I find come, your wife to give pretty good good insults as well. Oh, she does. Fair. She does. I, I actually learn all my insults from her. But uh, <laughs> come, come find me on Facebook. Uh, I'll, I'll. You know, within the next, probably this super long weekend, be uh, starting up some music videos. It maybe not long, but, uh, you know, doing some music stuff. So come check that out and oh, yeah. uh, we can uh, have further conversation and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Well, if it's on Facebook video, the only way I can see it is if my wife happens to let me, like, use her phone or something. Because, <laughs> well... I'll, I'll send it to her. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then yeah. at least I'll know. Yeah. Yeah. I can absolutely. look over her shoulder. That's cool. Yeah. Just she'll watch. It's fine. Yeah. She'll lust after you. She's relieved yeah. me of that duty every once in a while. As much as, much as you do, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not long, but worth it, Stephanie says. I mean, if, if, if any. As long as the sperm reached the egg, let's be fair. That's, that's a win. All right. <laughs> If if anything sums up our marriage, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a great note to end on. Thank you, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. Hail Satan. Hail the Satan. I remember this moment. I do too. This is one of those moments. Listen to karaoke and watching the last and I fully realized that your wife was recording us. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the the thing I do wish I wish we would have uh, got up and sang uh, Louisiana Woman Mississippi Man. Yeah. Yeah. God, I got, I got that... one more question for you. You ready for yeah, this? Yeah. I am. Have you ever gotten off the toilet? Uh huh. Looked in, 
mm -hmm. and actively wondered how you're still alive? Yes. There, ha there have been times when I've gotten off the toilet and it's, you know, where there's, there's a water line, right? Yeah. It's been above the water line. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. Like how, how am I? What the fuck? <laughs> the sheer density. 